What's up, everyone? Welcome to class. This is episode two of the Academics Podcast. I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett. Today's guest and our first official guest is Danushka Kumarasinga, but he goes by Noosh for short. Noosh is an ad operations planner at Saatchi and Saatchi. We had a pretty lengthy conversation discussing a lot of things, including his background, what he does at Saatchi, diversity in advertising, and he offers some great advice to people looking to work at advertising agencies in the future. Here it is. Enjoy. So first off, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview. I'm happy to be here. That's great. That's great. Um, I'm not quite sure which order we're going to release the podcast in, but this is actually my first interview, so I'm very excited about that. I previously met you. Well, we didn't actually meet. Um, I, 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 I saw you. I saw you like some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think you're, right the, across you're the tallest person in the room. Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> I mean, you're you're pretty average. Not average, but you're you're a little taller than me for sure. For sure. For yeah, sure. yeah. I'm short though, but I just noticed you're, you're a tall guy in the room. That's yeah, it. definitely. So um, <laughs> I got a chance to hear you speak yeah. uh, during for a PRSSA advertising panel that right. we had here at Cal, yeah. at Cal State Dominguez. Yeah, yeah. And I just remembered your story um, and your whole presence and, and how you spoke. And I knew at that time that I was going to start a podcast, but I didn't have like an outline or a clear way I was going to do it. But I knew that when I did start it, you were going to be like the first person I reached out to. Oh, man, I'm honored. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> bro. So um, like I said, I'm really excited to get into this. So let's let's just jump right in. Can you just give... Wait, I should introduce myself though, right? Cause yeah, that was my first thing. Oh, oh, yeah, I was going to be like, like, oh, man, like I know this is your first interview, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but nobody knows who I am. Yeah, so, <laughs> nobody knows who you are. <laughs> True. Um, so yeah, let's just jump in. Can you give the yeah. listeners like a, a, a brief bio about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, my name is Danushka Kumar Singha. I am a, uh, I, I go by Noosh usually. Uh, I'm a graduate from CSUDH. I graduated in uh, 2017. Uh, my major was uh, communications uh, with an emphasis on advertising and public relations, and I minored in Asian Pacific Studies. Um, and uh, I mean, Bio-wise, I mean, like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to get into the career stuff afterwards, so I'll just bio, I guess, who I am. Perfect. Uh, perfect. You know, uh, I, I think I fall into the category of a lot of um, people in CSUDH. I, here's one thing about CSUDH I'll say. CSUDH, I feel like, attracts, um, I'm going to use the term misfits, but I don't mm-hmm. mean misfits in a negative way. I mean misfits as in not the typical college student. Um, for one thing, you've got a lot of people from different minority backgrounds here. Yes. Uh, two is you've got a lot of transfer students, uh, both out of state and also adult learners. Um, I mean, my story is, you know, I was like everybody else. I graduated high school. Uh, I went to Northridge for film school. But then, like, I had, like, some personal stuff happen in my life, and I had to, like, leave school. Uh, I was supporting my family for a while. So I, I came back to finish my degree uh, in my late 20s. I was, like, 28 when I came back. Uh, and I literally came to CSUDH because it was local, and I, I, didn't, I had to be able to work, and I had to be able to go to school. So I chose communication because all my, my credits transferred over, and uh, I just wanted to, like, get my degree out of the way. At that time, I mean, I, I know a lot of, like, you know, starting college students are like, I want to be majoring in this. I want, I want to major in this. Once you become a little older, you're like, bachelor's degree does not matter. Just get it yeah. and get a job, start your career. So I just kind of um, started communications, and I focused on media studies because that kind of like fell right in with my, my film studies that I previously did. But I was speaking to Professor Berkey, and 
you know, I, I asked him about this whole advertising thing because it seemed more interesting. And I already did so many film courses back in my Northridge days that I felt like just retreading that is just going to be boring for me. Um, and so after just that talk with Professor Berkey, I decided to jump to advertising. And actually, not that was what started me thinking about advertising. Okay. But what really sold me on advertising, I think you know where you might know where I'm, where I'm going with this. I took intro to advertising with Professor Russo, mm -hmm. and that just I, I was in. Like Professor Russo is like you know I mean uh, the students here at the school know he's like a really important part of the advertising program here. I consider him my mentor, and. Uh, being in his class really convinced me I wanted to be in advertising. Um, I'm not going to lie, because um, I, 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 I keep it real with everything. Yeah, yeah. A part of it was that you know I heard from him that you can make really good money in advertising. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, so, I'm in. So. I'm in. Because I was previously in film, yeah. and film, you're not going to make any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so um, I, that's why I wound up in advertising, and um, I enjoyed it. And um, I'll, I'll go into how I, you know, started my career and all that. But that, that's where I, I come from, you know. And, and also, I mean, I'll state this. Um, you know, I come from an immigrant family, you know, working class immigrant family. So yeah. I, I carry that background with me in everything I do also, you know. Perfect. We yeah. actually have a lot of similarities in our stories. Um, just a quick question. You touched on CSUDH being um, a very diverse place. Is that the reason you chose to come here? No. I mean, I mean, if I'm being real, like, I chose this school because it's local. It's like, I want to say within 30 minutes of where I lived cool. and also where I worked. Okay. Uh, when I got here, I did appreciate the diversity of the people here. Um, I, I think it was easier to fit in a little bit, yeah. you know. Um, and also, like, I connected with people who also had similar bra backgrounds to myself, you know. Okay. Um, but it wasn't one of the reasons I chose here now. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, but I will say this, though. I mean, the school, um, once I got in... The school is very unique in the sense that we have an integrated advertising program here, which is not common. Like most schools have either advertising or they have PR, mm -hmm. but our school has an integrated program, which is you know unique. And also, you know, I mean, I'm sure other schools have, um, you know, professionals also, but we you know we we have professionals from the industry working here too. So that's, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So as, as an ad operations specialist for Saatchi and Saatchi, can you just explain like, exactly what it is that you do? What does that mean? Sure. So um, the, the, the official title, you're right, it is ad operations specialist in some companies. In, in RPA, for example, it's called ad operations specialist. In Saatchi, it's called ad operations planner. Uh, same title, just you know, different wording. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll start off describing it in the most simplest way possible, and I'll get more complex as I go, okay? The most simple way to describe it is campaign management. Uh, that is like, if you want to just break it down to two words, ad operations is campaign management. We are the only department in advertising that works on live campaigns uh, solely. So what I mean is, um, most parts of an agency, strategy, accounts, creative, um, producers, they work on a campaign before it's live. They're setting it up, creating the assets. Um, they're writing you know, the scripts or the, the actual commercials themselves. They're working with the client, producing it. Uh, the media team, now, you know, media, you've got um, different parts of media, but for the majority of them, they work on a campaign before it goes live, especially planners, media planners. They're setting up where these placements are going to run, right, where the commercials and the digital ads are going to show up. Okay. These are all. This is all pre-campaign. Um, we work on live campaigns 
That is to say, we're the ones that launch them, and we're the ones that maintain them. So, um, and, and I'll actually, I, I, should, I, I, I guess I lied a little bit. No, we're not, the <laughs> only cam- we're not the only department that works on live campaigns. Actually, there's another. Analytics. Obviously, uh-huh. analytics, reporting, they work on live campaigns also because they're gathering data, but they only do their job because of us. <laughs> they okay. need us. Okay. okay, I'll get more specific. So when I say that we work on live campaigns, here is a more, a more a breakdown of what we do. Okay. Uh, it can come down to two kinds of activities. Um, one aspect is what's called trafficking, but uh, a lot of a lot of people in media will say that that's a dirty word now. We don't say trafficking anymore because we're not traffickers. <laughs> Though I, I kind of love the idea of what do you do for a living? I'm a trafficker. <laughs> um, it's called trafficking. Uh, so what trafficking means is that the planners, you know, they set up the placements, right? They contact various publishers and they will set up where these placements are going to run. By the way, I want to be very specific. I'm, I'm talking about digital uh, advertising. Um, when it comes to print and when it comes to broadcast, I'll be very specific and say they're very small teams. Back in the day, they were huge and you had like one person doing digital media. Now, like 95% of the entire media team is digital media, and you've literally got three people doing print, like a director, a supervisor, and a person, and you've got three people doing broadcast, and that's it. That's all you need, because um, those teams don't have to do as much. They can pick and choose exactly where they want to run, and then just run it, but the majority of advertising now is digital media, uh, specifically not just in banner ads, but also in audio, like like podcasting commercials, uh, in video, um, and also social. So those are the, like 95% of media is always going to be that. So we, we handle that. So we get all these placements, wherever they're going to run, audio, video, social, or digital. And what we do is we take the placements, we get creative assets from the producers and the creative team, and we work with a program called Google DoubleClick. Uh, it's now called um, Google Campaign Manager. Uh, I, anybody interested in advertising, especially in media, you need to familiarize yourself with this program. Uh, it is industry standard, like across every agency, across um, I think even publishers. Um, they have an entire suite of products, you know, for the, like Google campaign managers for the advertiser. There is uh, Google for the publisher. Like there's all these different suites uh, for all the facets of advertising. And everybody uses it. This is standard. So learn it if you're interested in that in media. But we work with that program. And what we do is we get these placements and we set up the actual creative to run on those placements. And... Uh, we can, you can say we marry the placement and the creative, and that generates what's called a tag. Depending on where the creative is actually running, we send the tag to where it needs to go, either if it's served by the publisher or if it might be served by a third-party hosting company. Like a, um, For example, there's a company called Innovid. Mm-hmm. Innovid hosts uh, video assets. So if they're going to host the video asset, we'll send it to them, um, and they'll, you know, uh, place the tag. I'll get into what a tag is in a second, but okay. they'll place the tag. Or if we're hosting it, then we'll set it up in DCM, in, in Google Campaign Manager ourselves. So what a tag is, is it's a very simple idea. It is that when you go to a website, you know, the web banner starts to load. Mm-hmm. 
as it's loading in those microseconds, it has to know where to find the creative asset. Where is it? Whose server is it stored on? So it can put it in front of your eyes, right? Okay. So the tag is what tells it, oh, it's located here. It's just like a it's like an address, like, oh, this placement, this creative, find it here. Got it. Um, that's the most simple way to describe it. So that's, that's like the first aspect of our job, just setting up these campaigns. And it's more than just that simple idea of like generating tags by setting up the creatives. We have to set up um, where the click is going. Like when you click that banner, where is it going? Mm-hmm. Uh, we set up the reporting. That way all the data is being pulled. Um, we set it up so it targets specific people for it. And I'm, I'm going to get into that in a little bit also because it's really important for future advertising um, you know, professionals. But we have to set up, if we want to target you know, men from 25 to 45 who are interested in outdoor activities, we have to create that audience and, and have that data pulled in from you know, data partners that have that information and be able to target. So we have to set up all that stuff ourselves. Um, and, you know, yeah, so it's a lot of setting up the campaign. The second half of the job uh, is that's before the ca- The first part before the campaign goes live. Once it's live, the second part is we have to maintain it. We have to make sure we troubleshoot anything that's broken. If publishers saying, hey, uh, these links are not clicking out, or they're saying, hey, we're getting conflicting data here. We don't know what's going on. We have to look at the campaign and say, hey, what's going on? Figure out what's broken, figure out where the wires are crossed, and fix whatever might be broken. So we, we're the ones, we're the only ones in any agency at operations manages live campaigns. Okay, yeah. interesting. So I know that Toyota is, uh, Sachi is one of their accounts. Yeah. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about the accounts that you have worked on? Um, I mean, so, yeah, t- Toyota is the main client of Sachi. We have a couple others, but a lot of the stuff that I've worked on is, yeah, primarily just Toyota. I work national Toyota. I've worked on, I mean, I mean, pretty much, yeah, I can definitely say, considering how small Ad Operations is, there's only five of us on that team, a director, a supervisor, two planners, and one assistant. Okay. Um, so it's a very, it's a very niche team. Um, I've worked on, my, my first launch, the very first um, campaign that I solo launched was Avalon last year, mm. um, which is like August. So before that, I, you know, I worked on a couple other campaigns, but I was mostly helping. But I launched Avalon. I'm pretty much the main planner right now uh-huh. because the other two people are brand new. So um, I've worked on Avalon. I've worked on the new Corolla, RAV4. Um, what else have I done? It's like they kind of blend together. Yeah. I mean, one thing is this, though. Like a lot of the stuff I'm talking about right now is like model launches. But there's a lot of other kinds of campaigns that people might not be aware of. Like all car companies, all, all sorry, all agencies that have car clients have um, what's called either incremental or in-market campaigns. What that means is these are like year-long campaigns that are, um, that, that they're, they're running these placements and they're focusing on different cars throughout the year. So it's not like a, here's a brand new launch. It's like, hey, check out this car this month. Or hey, how about this car this month? It's, it's, it's more like a year-long campaign, you know? Okay. Uh, there's also campaigns like... Um, What's um, I think of another example? There is like really specific, like weirdly specific campaigns. We've got campaigns that are just specifically targeting NASCAR fans, and there's like an entire campaign just for that. There's specific campaigns targeting like fishing fans, like, mm-hmm. like I don't know. There's like really like niche campaigns I've worked on. Definitely the big ones are like specific model launches. Oh, Prius, like I've worked on like the new Prius. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, like, I've worked on a bunch of models. Um, I'm I'm just curious. I know you just mentioned yeah. Um, 
there are five people on your team. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in the, the structure of the department, like who, okay. what's the, the chain of command, who right. reports to who. Okay. So um, I'll start off with my department, and then I'll, I'll, I'll widen my net a little oh, bit. Perfect, perfect. Um, our department's small. Ad operations, ad operations, I want to say, is very niche. Um, yeah. So our team, yeah, most teams are going to be like about five people. There's a director of ad operations. So this is, title would be Associate Media Director of Advertising. I'm sorry, of, of ad operations. And um, so this is a person that runs the entire department. Definitely this is a position that somebody has to have worked in, in ad operations specifically for a long time and really know the ins and outs. There's, there's things that I go to my boss for that she knows so well um, and that just comes from experience. And, she, and a lot of it is project work. She tries to find solutions to problems. Um, I'll give you an example. You know, um, As of last year, you know, one of the big changes was that Safari no longer holds cookies for like more than 24 hours, something like that. They don't hold, I don't know what the details are, but mm-hmm. they don't hold cookies for long term anymore. And that's a huge problem in digital advertising because that's how we target our audiences. All of a sudden, we can't target. And some people might think, oh, well, who uses Safari? Not on desktop, but on iPhone, everybody uses Safari. True. And that's True. half the mobile market. So, yeah. um, and you know, some people say, okay, how, like I'm not, I'm not joking when I say that we've had conference calls about this. You know, we've gotten, you know, client on the phone. We've gotten all of these stakeholders and media companies. Um, and I'm gonna get to that when I talk about the wider net of advertising. But all these different media companies on the phone. We got agency on the phone, trying to figure out how do we fix this. And and one of the things that a lot of people are looking at is. I don't think there is a way to fix this. This is the future. The future is people don't want to be tracked. Privacy is super important. Mm. And Apple is on the forefront of that. So somebody like my boss, what she has to figure out is how do we move forward? How does advertising in this company, and there's other people in other companies trying to figure out the same thing. How do we move forward with targeting people and advertising digitally if many browsers are going to be moving in that direction of no longer tracking cookies for longer than X amount of time. So that's the kind of stuff she has to focus on, these yeah. long-term big projects of how is ad operations going to work in the future. Mm. Then you've got uh, next level down, you've got um, the supervisor of the team. He is um, handling mostly the floor stuff, just the day-to-day. Um, I mean, I-, I keep it real with him, though. I tell him, like, listen, man, like, <laughs> like you- I'm really handling the day-to-day. Yeah. You're just sitting there and answering my <laughs> questions if something crazy comes up, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, really, the supervisor is definitely um, the source you go to for, like, really complex stuff. Because he definitely, all just like the director, he has to have, you know, six years of experience, something like that. And he has to be able to know complex stuff when it comes up. One thing about ad operations is that it is not complex in terms of the actual uh, tasks that you do. The complexity comes from um, understanding how to like process everything. Like, there's a lot of just technical information you have to know. So he's definitely a source of that. Um, and, and yeah, technically his job would be to run the department day to day. Next level below him, uh, we've got two planners on the team. Some Some companies have more than two, some have less. Depends on you know, what kind of pace they have, right? But um, ours has two. 
Um, I'm like the most senior planner on the team, and I'm I'm training the new guy. But I like to think I run the department because I really <laughs> I really manage it. I make sure the assistant knows what she's doing. I make sure my my other planner partner knows what he's doing. Like you know, I, I kind of manage it. Sounds like but you need a raise. I, I, man, I need a raise. I need a, I need a raise. <laughs> so um, yeah, so the next level below that would be planner, right? And planner uh-huh. is. You know, some might say that's entry level. It's not. It's basically like the next level up. That's like the base level, you could say, of this type of job. And it correlates to like media planner. Um, plan across the board, planner uh, is like one level up from entry level. That's kind of like how you look at it. Okay. Um, and then you know, below that entry level position for for pretty much all media jobs is assistant. So this would be assistant ad operations planner and. Um, you know, definitely when you apply for these jobs, if you if you apply for a planner position, you have to already have some experience in media. Okay. But assistant, no experience. Entry you're, you're level. Entry level, college, maybe an internship, um, you know, because we have to train you on everything. So that's that's what an assistant is. It's a five-person five team. Got it. Um, and, I mean, actually, though, I'll be honest, there is actually a, a sixth person, uh-huh. but the sixth person is a planner like us, but the reason they're not part of our team is because they are ad operations, but they work on what's called uh, TDA. That's a very common term um, in the auto you know, advertising industry. TDA just basically means dealership. Okay. I, I do national level advertising, but you know those like, have you seen those Toyota Jan commercials, like that lady Jan who's yes, like yes. tire sales, she's doing like wacky stuff? Yes. yes. That's, that, that's dealership commercials. Okay. So those are different than what I do. So is that so like, like a regional thing? It's a regional thing. Okay. So that person, there's only like one person who does that. They work with different regional contacts, and they like, you know, handle that. It's, it's a, I, I don't know how that side of the business works because I don't work it. I, I do national stuff. Got it, got it. But so widening out a little bit, um, so all of the associate directors essentially answer to like the director of media. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually our team falls into a much larger team that is basically like the data analytics side of media. Even though you think, oh, ad operations is a part of like media planning, we really fall into like the analytics and reporting side of things, even though we manage these campaigns. Uh, and honestly, I work much more closely with like media planners than I do like the analytics and reporting team, but we fall into their family. So there's like my boss's boss is the head of this like reporting analytics team. Widening out further, you've got like the media director who is, you know, the media director of the entire, you know, uh, media department okay. in Saatchi. Um, other facets, so that that you know, that's like our little corner of the media web. But you know, you've got other facets where you've got um, people who head the entire media planning department. And media planners have a similar structure to us. They've got a supervisor. They've got an associate media director of you know, digital content, of social media, uh, of search, et cetera, right, they, of different parts of planning. Below the supervisor, you've got usually one, two, three, four planners, um, and you usually have one or two assistants. Uh, and usually the breakout of at least how it is in Saatchi is mm-hmm. for the media planning team, they break it out based on the kind of planning they do. So social has its own planners and assistants, um, what's called in market, and I told you about the year long campaigns, right? They have, and, and like sales events, like May sales event or August sales event, they've got their own planners and assistants. What's called digital content, which is the model launches, Avalon, Corolla, all that stuff, they've got their team. Um, yeah, and, and 
Yeah, so the, and that, that's like the basic idea. So the different planners have their own little units also. Okay. You've got, got like, um, I mean, here's a side of, of you know, media a lot of people might not know about. I know I'm going on a lot. No, 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 you're good. This uh, is very informative. Uh, there's, there's a side of media a lot of people don't know about. Like one dude, like on my first week, I was talking to him, and he's like, oh, that's my dream job. Uh, he works in what's called experiential, and his whole job is setting up events. It's, it's, it's like event planning, and he, and he works on music. So he's setting up like Toyota uh, booths and like um, sponsorships at like music events. Yeah. Setting up Toyota's presence there. And there's an entire, it's called Experiential. Mm -hmm. Experiential has its own little team where they work on that, you know. Cool. Um, and that's like something a lot, like not a lot of people think about that part of, you know, advertising. But there's like yeah. a team for that. And like if you're into that sort of thing, like that's this guy's dream. He's like, I love going to festivals and I love just like, you know, working on that kind of thing. So he's like living it up. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, search is like another thing that exists. I don't work that closely with them, but they've got their own little team. And I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, I don't know what they do. I really don't know what they do. <laughs> but like, there's like one of our, actually one of our alumni recently got hired um, as as like a search. Um, I don't know if it's a, I think I don't think it's supervisor. I think it's like the the planning level. But she got hired there, Raven Manning. Um, so. You know, that's like another niche job. You know, okay. she, Raven told me that, you know, there's only a few really good search people in Southern California. So, you know, she's got their, her own little team there. Um, you know, they've got, yeah, analytics. Yeah, there's, there's different parts of it, but that's, that's like the biggest, the biggest thing, yeah. So, okay. yeah, that's the structure, I guess. Cool. Okay, yeah. so, yeah, we kind of dove right into... To, yeah, uh, sorry, I just kind of went off. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's, it's actually good. It's actually yeah, yeah. good, but I kind of <laughs> just want to rewind a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, was... Was Sachi, what was your introduction to Sachi? Did yeah. you come in as, a, as an ad operations? Okay. So, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the story. I, I, you've heard this story before. I have before. heard this story. Heard, I'll, I'll tell it for the, <laughs> the students listening, right? Okay. Um, this, is one, this is one of the reasons why I'm doing interviews like this and why I come and talk to students. It's that a lot of people do not realize that there are many, many ways to get a job in advertising. And the way that most people approach getting a job in advertising is... Um, networking and applying for jobs online. And like the analogy that I give is this, okay? If you think of advertising as like a kingdom, like Camelot, you know, you got like walls surrounding it. There's like a big golden door and there's like guards at the door. Like if you have 100 people, 95 of those people are gonna go for those big golden doors trying to get in. But of course, so many people trying to get in, the guards gotta check everybody, right? Mm -hmm. That's the whole networking and, and applying online route. It takes, it, some people can do it, and some people get lucky, or, and some people are, just got connections, but they're able to get in like that. Um, but it, I will promise you that it does not work for everybody, and a lot of people are stunned that, oh my gosh, I'm applying everywhere, but I just can't get any callbacks, I can't get jobs. And the reality is that, like, those five people who didn't apply, uh, didn't, like, walk in through those big giant do doors or, like, wait in line for that, if you like walk around the kingdom a little bit, you know, just take a lap, you'll find that there's like a lot of other smaller doors to get into advertising mm -hmm. that you don't notice because you're just focused on this whole networking and applying online thing. Um, my story is that, yeah, like I did the same thing as everybody else and uh, I stumbled into one of these doors. Like it was an accident. Um, so here's how I got my job I graduated. Um, I did an intern, you know, we have to do an internship to graduate. I did an internship here on campus because I had two years to finish school and I had to just finish and get out. So um, I did my internship, 
uh, here on campus for KDHR, you know, the station. And then okay. I graduated. I didn't have a job or internship or anything like that. I started applying everywhere. I could not get um, any callbacks. I could not get any interviews. Um, and, and remind me, I, I want to talk a little bit about that from the perspective of being a minority student because that kind of plays into that a little bit. Um, but I couldn't get any interviews, couldn't get any you know, jobs or anything like that. Um, and I got really despondent, and that happens. After you graduate and you can't find work, you get a little despondent, especially because I kind of felt like uh, I'm returning. You know, like I, I worked previously in project management um, for like years, and I thought I, I'm not like a, a student, like 24 years old, got out of college, and all I had was like a you know retail job or something like that. I had cor- you know, corporate experience before doing project management. I thought I'd be more competitive, but um, I wasn't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't even get in. Uh, so I was despondent, like a lot of people. And, and you get that way if you don't, if all you do is just apply online and you don't realize what the real game is. Um, eventually, oh, I, I got to mention this too because it's important. I mentioned this in the, in the thing. Uh, so what I did with most of my time is I played Pokemon Go. Yeah. I played Pokemon Go. This is, this is my favorite part. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I played Pokemon Go every day because I had nothing to do. <laughs> while you were uh, searching while was, for jobs? While I was applying online, yeah. Okay. I had nothing to do, so I was playing Pokemon Go and applying online. Um, and, and one of the connections I made is, you know, I, I was part of, like, like, a team. You know, I met some people, so we started, like, forming a little community. We'd go do our little raids and stuff together for the game. And I met a dude named Renee. And Renee told me that, oh, yeah, he's been, he worked in advertising for years. He, he does consulting now. He knows a lot of people in the different agencies because he worked at those agencies. Uh, he connected me with his friend who works at Saatchi. She's the associate media director of social, so she's like a, a big name there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he connected me with her, and I, I gave her my resume. She passed it around, tried to help me get a job, but no dice. Like, it just didn't work out. I thanked her, and I kept in touch, but, you know, it just didn't work out. I couldn't get a job there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then later, I kept applying, and I wound up getting an internship at a Torrance uh, public relations company. They do, like, uh, real estate PR. It, it's not exactly what I wanted to do because I, 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 w- I was interested in PR. I didn't really know much about it, but um, I was really trying to get into advertising. But I thought, okay, maybe this will give me some good experience. So I took that internship, and I did that for three months. And due to various, you know, I, I, I don't know if you remember, like, the reason I didn't get to keep my job there. No, um, I don't remember. I, I, I'll, I'll briefly, I won't go into details. All right, all right. But, like, like I, was supposed to line, I was supposed to get that job. Like, I was supposed to get a coordinator entry-level position in that PR company. Uh, but, like, literally, it, like, the fourth largest Ponzi scheme in, like, U.S. history happened. It affected a bunch of companies. It was like, this whole crazy thing that was, like, so out of, like, my hands. But, like, uh, the, uh, like the company was not able to keep me because there was just, there's no work. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was uh, let go uh, after the end of my three-month internship. But, um, so, uh, eventually, what happened was I wound up getting uh, a PR job like this company recommended me for another company. Uh, I wound up getting a coordinator level PR job at another PR agency in Redondo Beach. And um, I'll say this, dude, and this is really important. This is important for the students. You need to know what you want, and if you realize what you want is not there, you gotta, you gotta go. I got in my first day, you know, had, had, a, had a look around, got a feel for the company. Um, I, I mean, I'm glad I'm not naming the company, but I'll say this: the red flags went up when I found out from three different people who just kind of just told me that worked in the office. That worked in the office. My first day, I'm just asking questions like, "Hey, 
tell me about my task. What, what, what's my day to day like? You know, and they happen to tell me the boss is a yeller, and I'm just like, ah, oh, mm. man, like. I, I am too old to be getting yelled yeah. at. I'm not a teenager anymore. I don't need this. Yeah. So day one, not, not day one, second day. Like my first, my first night before the first day, I was, was like nervous about like, oh, my first day at the job. All right, I'm nervous. My, 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 the night of my first day, I'm nervous because I'm like, I got to go and I got to quit. Yeah. <laughs> my second day, I got to quit this yeah. job. So I went in and I quit second day. Wow. I, I didn't have a job lined up, but all I knew was, this was not for me. Like, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not here for this. So I, I left that company, and I had no... I, I was back to being unemployed playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> I was applying. I, couldn't, I could not get an interview, couldn't get anything. Uh, eventually, I, I just was like, I, I gave up, and um, I signed up with a staffing agency in Torrance called Robert Half. Uh, they do, like, office work. And, I, and, and when I went in, I said, hey, listen, like, I'm an advertising major. I want to work for an advertising company. And they say, hey, you know what? Like, we have some connections over at Saatchi. If any work comes in from Saatchi, we'll let you know. And I'm like, cool. Like, that's exactly what I want. And uh, until then, for like a couple weeks, I just did like random jobs, dude. Like, I was at one point straight up moving boxes for Skechers in, yeah. you know, uh, Manhattan Beach. And it was just like, I'll say this. There was a moment where I was like, dang, man. Like, I, I did not go to college to like move boxes. Like, I like, you know, I, I support my family. You know what I mean? Like, I can't. Like, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. Like, I was getting real nervous. Um, and, but and then one nice thing, though, about working for a staffing agency is you make connections. You know, I made, met a lot of people from different HR, uh, you know, HR people from different companies, and I got to, like, make some connections. That's a good way to make some connections, you know. But um, after a while, uh, after, like, two weeks, uh, Robert Half said, hey, there's a weekend two-day job at Saatchi. They want some people to come in. Are you interested? And I said, yeah. So I went in for that two-day job, and it mm-hmm. was a budget proposal job. Um, they needed five, you know, just temp freelancers to come in and do it. I, I worked for the director of client services at Saatchi, so I got to meet somebody big in the company. Um, and I went in, did my two-day job, and that was it. But I, I think this is a good example of you work hard, you, you know, you show that you're a good worker and you're a positive person, you're a good person to be around. Um, and she asked me to come in, she asked four of us to come in Monday to do some additional work. And I, I said, sure, I came in Monday. Tuesday, they asked three of us to come in. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, they asked two of us to come in. Thursday, I was the only one coming in. And pretty much from then on for the next two weeks, she just kept asking me to come back every day to keep working on this project with her. Eventually, the project was done, and she didn't need me anymore. But I'll tell you this, at some point the whole time I was working there, every day I was like, how am I going to talk to this lady, this you know director of client services, about... Listen, like I really want to work at this company. How am I going to I mean every day, dude, I would come in figuring out like how am I going to talk to her about cuz you know, you want to be respectful. Yeah. You are working as a freelancer for another company coming in. You don't want to just, you know, it's a difficult subject to broach, but at the same time, you know, I I talked to her, she knew me. I want to figure out how to talk to her about this, but in fact, something amazing happened. I um she was, we're going up the elevator together. She had to let me in, you know, badge me in. As we're going up the elevator, she says to me, um, you know, you're, you're a smart guy. Like, what are you doing, you know, temping? Like, like what do you want to do? And I told her, like, hey, actually, I, I want to do this. I want to, I want to work for an advertising company. And she said, hey, you know what? Once this project's over, I'll try to connect you with HR. Mm. And I said, I'd, I'd really appreciate that. So um, after my project ended, um, I did talk to HR, and I gave them my resume. I got some advice from them. You know, I, I asked them, like, hey, what's wrong with my resume? Is there anything I need to fix? And they said, no, it looks fine. 
Um, so I gave them a resume, but that was it. Um, but actually, the next day, I got a call back from her again, and she said, "Hey, there is a, a temp position in finance, and if I want to come in and fill in, because somebody's going to be out for like a month." So I said, "Sure." So I I went into finance and I worked there for one month, just doing budget coordinator work, just working on budget stuff and timesheets, you know, filling in everybody's hours. So I, I learned a lot of people's names in the company mm -hmm. just from that. I did that for a month, and uh, eventually, after I worked there for a month, you know, met some people, made some contacts. Uh, HR said, hey, there's a position open. Um, oh, man, I, I forgot one thing to mention, though. Go ahead. What's up? I should have mentioned this. Before I got into this whole Saatchi staffing agency thing, I had an interview. Um, after I lost my... After I quit that one-day job, uh -huh. I had an interview um, at RPA, which is in Santa Monica. They do Honda's commercials, right, uh, for an ad operation specialist position. I went in. I didn't know anything about ad operation specialists. I just wanted the job. Yeah. I was hungry. Uh, I interviewed for it. I showed them I really wanted the job. I, I, I researched. I did a lot of research before I went in for the interview about the job, and they were impressed that, oh, this guy really knows the job. Um, but I, I didn't get the job, but I learned a lot about what the job was, how it worked, everything I needed to know. So come, you know, Saatchi, at the end of my, my time, my one month in finance, uh -huh. when Saatchi had a bunch of positions open, and they said, w what do you want to apply for? There's like an account position, there's ad operations. I, it wasn't a question of which one I wanted more. Because uh, at the time, I was like, oh, I want strategy. I mean, I, I do not want strategy anymore. I don't yeah. want that job. <laughs> but, you know, as a student, you don't know what you're doing. So you're yeah. like, oh, strategy, creative. You go for the sexiest job, you know. But um, I, I, I want to be strategic. I chose ad ops because I knew the job already. And I knew that I would already have some edge to be able to get that job. Yeah. So I said, you know what, put my resume in for ad operations. Mm -hmm. So, like, pretty much a couple days later, I had an interview for that position, and I went in already having done an ad ops interview, knowing what to say, knowing how the job works. Like, so I just like sold it, um, and it's, and and this is really important. You know, like when you go in for an advertising interview, you got to sell. This is your dream job, even if it's not your dream job. You need to treat it like your dream job because if you are equal to somebody else in terms of skill and experience, the one who gets the job is the one who wants the job the most. Yeah. Right. So you got to sell it. Um, and, and really, it's not, it's not, you're not lying. If you sell this your dream job, you just got to show that I really want this. There, there's ways to word things where, you know, I'm kind of segueing a little bit, but like yeah. uh, there's ways to word things where you are honest at the same time selling yourself. For example, if they say like, um, you know, like why, why do you want this job? You know, you got to sell like, hey, you know what, the reason I want this job is because I know that media is the fastest growing part of advertising. Uh, I know that it's making like, you know, I, I can't remember the number. I said some number like X billion dollars a year, uh, and there's always job growth. I want to be a part of that job growth. Mm. Um, and I, I sold, you know what, I don't know where I'm going to be in five years, but I know that I want to be in advertising for media, for ad operations right now, because this is where I can learn the most about advertising and grow in my career. Like, you just sell it like that. You're yeah. being honest. Like, like, you know what? I don't know where I'm going to be in five years. Um, but this is what I want right now. That, 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 you know, you just got to word it like that. Definitely. Sell it as your dream job. And so that's what I did. And, uh, yeah, next day they told me I got the job. So I became permanent uh, on the team. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. What, what do you remember? I know it was almost two years ago or over two years ago. Do you remember what questions specifically were asked in the interview? 
with, with Sachi and with RPA? Um, I mean, you know what, the big one is definitely um, why do you want this position? Like, why is a very hard question to answer, and a lot of people do not answer it correctly. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say stuff like, you know what, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. Yeah. Oh, you can get your foot out the door, too, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Because yeah. uh, nobody, listen, nobody wants... People think, uh, I, I, I've been told by students in your PRSA group that, oh, I've been told that if you just tell them you'll do anything, that's a good thing. That shows you're hungry. and mm -hmm. you're, No, it doesn't. It shows you're desperate, and it shows that you'll do anything. But if you'll really do anything, why should I be the one to give you the job? Well, okay, well somebody else can give you the job then. Yeah. I want somebody who wants this job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want somebody who's hungry to do ad ops or, you know, whatever, media or analytics or whatever. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I, yeah, definitely the why do you want this job is the question that a lot of people do not get right. You need to do your research and you need to sell why you want it. Even if you don't want it and you're just trying to get your foot in the door, um, you need to be able to sell that. And I mean, that's, that's another thing to, I, I, I feel, you know, dude, that's my problem. <laughs> I have so much I want to tell you. Yeah, yeah. There, there, you need to figure out wh what you want to do. Like, like, are you trying to you know, be an account man account plan uh, coordinator or strategist or whatever. Like, if you're trying to do something specific, there's like a totally different strategy you have to go at. You know, you have to like work for a small company, get your you know, experience, and then apply for bigger companies, that sort of thing. If you're the kind of person like me who just wants to get their foot in the door and just explore advertising and figure out what to do, then um, you know you got to like go in and just get your do something, get your foot in the door, sell that that's what you want to do. And then learn. So, you know, um, yeah, just just you got that that question of why is the thing that everybody flubs on. Uh, other questions that you know they ask is what do you know about the job? You, you you cannot imagine how many people go into an interview and just say, "Tell me about this job." <laughs> like, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Why are you here if you don't know what this job is? Like, you got to do your research ahead of time. And and my my approach is this: this is what I always tell people when you go into an interview. The way you got to sell it is, I already know this job in theory. I just yeah. need the hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. Like, know the job so well that you're basically like, like, I think when I went to the interview, they were impressed. Like, wow, like, you, yeah, you basically know exactly what we do. That's what you want. You want them to feel like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. Yeah, um, definitely. That way they know that all this person needs is hands on the keyboard. That's all they need. They don't need, like, that, that, you got to sell it like that. Got you know? it. Got it. So your main advice for someone who's applying for jobs now, either a recent graduate or someone looking for an internship, would be to, uh, from what I understand, is basically know exactly what you want to do. Go in with yeah. your own type of strategy. Yeah, okay, so uh, about that. Yeah, exactly. Like, basically, if you are, then the first question that you got to ask yourself when you're, as a, as a student, is do you want to do PR or you want to do advertising? Because those are two completely different things. And, yeah. and a lot of people are like, oh, I want to do one or the other, like, let me figure it out. Like, you really are best served knowing which one you want to do because you can really get a jump start on that if yeah. you plan ahead. PR, I, don't, I can't speak to it much. I only did it for a little bit. But PR, my advice is this. Somebody who wants to work in PR should be somebody who loves to write and loves to sell stories because that is what you're going to be doing. Like you're going to be calling up publishers, trying to sell your client's story. And it's hard, and it's not for everybody. But there are people, if you've met somebody who can sell you a vacuum cleaner, even when you don't need the vacuum cleaner, mm -hmm. that's the kind of person who will do well in PR. Yeah. That's, that's it. Got it. I prefer 
advertising only because th that's paid media, which means that you know people come to us. We don't have to go to them. Yeah. Um, if you are interested in advertising, the question you have to ask yourself is, do you already know what you want to do? And, and by the way, even students who know what they want to do, once they start working in advertising, they, they like, really don't know. They really don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're yeah. like, I want to be creative. I want to be yeah. like, like. In fact, those three jobs, strategy, accounts, and creative, are like the main three everybody wants to do. And then they realize, oh, there's all these other jobs I'd yeah. rather do. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, I don't really like these jobs. Like you know, a lot of people don't know. Everybody wants to be in accounts, right? Uh -huh. but what they don't realize is actually uh, the first like two or three levels of accounts, like entry level, like the executive level and like like the supervisory kind of level, they actually make a lot less money than Ooh. most other departments. Accounts makes the least amount of money out of any department until you get to like the really high up. Then you start getting yeah. a huge bump. Okay. It's surprising. You think client facing you'd make more money, but no, you actually make less money. People don't know that. And they're like, I want to be an account. Yeah. Uh, do you really? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like there's so many other jobs. So if you know what you want to do, Maybe and you and you're really like you've done your research. You know this is what you want to do. You might be best served. Yeah, you know, apply for those big agencies. But maybe start off at a smaller agency, build up your experience, mm -hmm. and then start pivoting to applying for the larger agencies. On the flip side, if you don't know what you want to do and you just want to get in and figure out what you want to do, then my advice is don't waste your time in smaller agencies only because you are better served. You're gonna learn more and you're gonna experience more and you're gonna get paid more. If you just get your foot in the door doing something in the larger agencies, mm -hmm. and you can learn, and you can get paid in doing all that. And, and another thing that students should really look at is different departments have different levels of competition to get the jobs yeah. and different um, availability of jobs. Like, like the joke that I've, tell, I've told people before, and HR and my company has agreed, strategy is like a unicorn. Like strategy opens up like once in a blue moon, you know, every ten years or something like that, and then as soon as a job opens, it's gone. Mm -hmm. it, it just like they're so competitive and they're so uh, rare. It's hard to get good strategy jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, other jobs like accounts, creative, they open more frequently, but they're very competitive. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people trying to get them. The reason that a lot of people start off in media, Russo started off in media. The reason is media has uh, very high turnover. Like people stay for one or two years and then they bounce. And the jobs are opening all the time. Since I started, I would say every single media planner that I work with is gone. There's like one person left wow. who I started with a year ago. And that's it. Everybody else is fresh faces. I'm a vet and I've only been there for a year. <laughs> wow. And I'll, I'll explain to you why. I'll uh -huh. explain to you why okay. there's such high turnover. But media is how a lot of people get in the door, yeah. learn, and they pivot to other things. So have a strategy of if you want to just get in, just get in then. Uh-huh. Um, what was your question? But don't be thirsty about it in the interview. Don't like, be oh, thirsty. But accept it. Internally, you're thirsty. Got it. Got but it. but you gotta sell it like this is my this is my dream job. Like like actually, my middle name is Ad Operations. You gotta sell it like that. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can actually relate to that 100 percent because I just landed um, a summer internship with RPA. Congratulations! I, thank That's you. a very competitive thank internship. You. It was. There were like yeah. 200 applicants yeah. for the position, and I applied for strategic planning. Nice. Because that was the sexy job. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I wanted to be in creative, but I don't have a portfolio yet. Mm -hmm. um, so I went for strategic planning, and in the interview. Um, by the second interview, the in-person interview, they they um, recommended me to a different department. So okay. I ended up getting the internship in a completely different department. What department? Than I'm in uh, digital production. Yeah. Okay. Which is I which mean, is a cool. lot of people don't talk about production, but production is a big deal. Yeah. And it's actually on the Honda account, which is super cool. 
Yeah. You know, so, um, Congrats. That's, that's thank great. You, thank you. So, you yeah. made a video, right? You have to make a video to get that internship? I, actually, I didn't. They you gave didn't. you an option to make a video or you can um, do some sort of like a... There was like a few things you can do, but you just mm -hmm. had to present. You just had to answer a question in mm -hmm. a creative way. Yeah. And I chose to to do like a presentation that I okay. sent them. Yeah. So, but I'm actually going to get into that on another podcast. Okay. So, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can relate exactly to what you're saying, and, yeah. and it's it's good to hear you say that because I haven't heard that story from anyone, or or heard that advice that that yeah. you gave from anyone. So, perfect. Um, let's let's just keep it moving though. Um, what have you found to be the most difficult part of your job, and also at the same time, what's the most what has been the most rewarding part? The, the most difficult part of my job is, I mean, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say first in terms of my job, and I'll, t I'll say and then in terms of me. So for my job, I mean, it is not a difficult job for me. Like, I, I've, I've handled much more difficult jobs. Like, like dude, that, that project management job I had mm -hmm. years before I went back to school, like, that was a job where there was times I was drinking myself to sleep. Like, it was, like, <laughs> a very stressful job. This job is not. It's uh, at operations, at least on automotive accounts, um, I mentioned entertainment, you know, com uh, advertising is very fast-paced. Automotive is not fast-paced. So ad operations, there's some weeks I'm not doing anything. But then there's some weeks I'm doing, like, 10-hour days. Like, I'm just trying to knock out a huge campaign. So, um, you know, it's, it's a very chill job to me. Like, that, I can handle that. I mean, I'm not even sure the, hard the hardest thing is, I guess... Um, Media planners. I, I rag on media planners all day. Yeah. They're always making mistakes. I gotta fix them. I don't know. My job's not hard, honestly. Like my job is not hard. I've worked much harder jobs, and this is like a chill job to me. Cool. I think the closest thing I would say to this being a hard job is I think being someone like me who already has some like corporate experience and like project management. I want more agency. I want to be able to do more. And there, are, I, and definitely, I'll say that since I started, I've totally changed how ad operations at Saatchi worked. Like I've worked with the supervisor to like change our practices, our policies, procedures. Like I'm training people based on how I would train them, not based on how I was trained. So, um, <clears throat> so uh, definitely, I've I've tried to push more to get more agency for me to be able to do more. On the team, but um, I, I am the type of person who's used to managing myself. So the hardest part for me is to have someone I have to answer to. Um, but that's just a part of the corporate life, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, the most rewarding part, you know, I, I, I do like being able to say, like, hey, I, I launched that campaign, you know, like that video on YouTube. That was me. I put that up. Um, that's that's rewarding to me. Uh, I enjoy that part. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm the kind of person who enjoys organization so being able to take how disorganized some things were in the department a year ago and like making it as clean and streamlined as it is now that's satisfying to me also I'm a part and this kind of goes into like maybe like a later question you have I'm part of what's called the cultural sensitivity panel at Saatchi okay. um, basically you've got people writing these creative commercials and stuff like that their ideas before they even produce it they want people to read these scripts and be like hey is this is this offensive, like based on what your ethnicity, your religion, your background, et cetera? Um, so I get to, the reason I did it is I want to see how creative commercials look. Like what, what do these scripts look like? What do these ideas look like? But also I want to see the commercials coming out before they come out. There's a lot of Toyota commercials you guys have seen on TV that I saw a year ago because I, I, I'm on this panel. Mm -hmm. And definitely there are times where people have written stuff where I'm just like, that is really offensive. Like, like there was 
I mean, I, uh, I, I'm not going into details, but there was a, a, a pitch for a commercial that had an Indian snake charmer in it. And I'm just like, dude, that's really offensive. That's like really offensive, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, like, there's, it's, it's cool to be able to have input to be like, hey, like, that's not a good idea, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's cool uh, on Sachi's part that they actually have a panel yeah. and that they've, they've thought that, that through. I've never heard of that at an agency. So yeah, yeah, That's yeah. very interesting, and mm -hmm. I, that's actually pretty cool yeah. that they have that. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's, that's my most rewarding and most okay. difficult. Okay, um, so, yeah, I mean, you just, perfect segue. Um, I want to talk about diversity in advertising. I know it's a very small number. I know a lot of big companies and small companies in general are, are focusing on expanding and, and bringing more um, diversity, whether it be race, um, sex, um, or anything that falls, falls in, the, in the category of diversity. I'm curious, have you had any um, experiences that, that you would want to touch on, positive or negative, in terms of diversity in the workplace or just in the industry in general? Sure. I'll start off with negative and, and, and non-positive, you know. I struggled a lot to get a job, and, um, and there's, there's many reasons for that. I mean, it's just a competitive field. And also, remember, I was applying online, which is never the best way to try to get a job like this, right? Probably, I have to clear my throat one more. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so that's never the best way to get a job, right? But one thing that also I, I, I really thought to myself is really hindering me is, you know, my name is Danushka Kumar Singha. Um, and it, it, you know, studies have shown, you know, if you've got an ethnic or a cultural name, you know, not a common name in America, uh, they're going to choose John Johnson over, you know, Danusha Kumar Singha any day. Um, so I had to kind of figure out how to do that. You know, some people have said, oh, just put Danny and I, I don't want to sell out, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm Danushka. Like, how, yeah. that's who I am. So I, you know, I, one thing I did is I, I put the phonetic spelling of my name underneath my name on my, my resume. I put a picture of myself on my resume. That way they can put a face to me. Um, you know, I, I tried to do stuff to personalize me a little bit more. That way I'm not just like, that's a weird name. But I, definitely one thing I'll, I'll say to students, especially here, you know, in, in CSUDH and Carson, you've got a lot of students from, you know, with ethnic names um, who you just know you're going to struggle a little bit trying to get some interviews because people prefer... You know, it's it's not it's an unconscious bias. People prefer people who are similar to themselves. Yeah. So you need to find ways to, you know, get get a step up on that. You know, how to how to uh, head off the fact that you might not be able to get as many interviews. I I, I mean I graduated from this school. You know, almost almost top of my class. You know, like like towards the top. I have students who are like great friends of mine. Um, but you know, like like I definitely hustled a lot more. But they were just like nailing all these interviews. I'm like, nah, I can't even get one interview. So yeah. uh, don't get down when if you see that happen, and if you are from like a minority background or with an ethnic name, just figure out how you can circumvent that, how you can elevate yourself a little bit, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but but on that topic, you know, part of the reason that you know people with ethnic names and stuff like that, minority backgrounds, struggle in this industry is that, I mean, primarily you've got um, a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be real, there's a lot of white people working in this industry, I mean, yeah. like, like just being real here. Um, I mean, and also here in Torrance, you'll, you'll find a lot of, of course, Asian people also working in the industry, which is good, you know. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's definitely not fully, like, diverse. I would say media is one of the most diverse 
department specifically because of the high turnover. Um, but like I know for sure, like creative. I, I listen. I have not. I, I haven't been there that often, but I don't see that many people of color up there. You know, which again lends itself to why I might see like let's say an Indian snake charmer in a commercial because and why they need cultural sensitivity panels because you don't have too many diverse people uh, in those groups. I mean, and, and speaking of just diversity, if I, if I can be really honest with you, man, um, I, I don't come from like a middle class or an upper middle class background, you know? Like people in my office, they talk about, oh yeah, you know, I went to Italy for, you know, vacation, or I went to Atlanta, Georgia for vacation, or, you know, oh, like I love kombucha. I don't even know what kombucha is, man. <laughs> like I come from a lower working class immigrant background, you know, making like 20K. For most of my life, my family had 20K a year. You know, we, we weren't making that much money. Um, uh, you know, uh, Coachella is not something I'm going to really be able to go to. I don't really want to, but I'm saying, like, I, I don't come from that kind of background. Mm-hmm. For me, people who go to Coachella is like, dang, man, that, that's, that's a rich person. Oh. And that's not even rich, you know, that's just middle class. But people that I'm surrounded by are like that. They're people who came from stable backgrounds, who, you know, mother, father, nuclear family. I don't come from that. I came from a, you know, broken family, you know, bounced around homes, that sort of thing. I, there's not a lot of people for, who come from working class, immigrant, lower income families in this industry. Um, I've definitely felt ostracized a lot of times at work when people talk about all this stuff that I'm just like, I don't know what prosciutto is. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, is that chicken? What is that? <laughs> so um, th- that's another thing. You know, I think that the industry has a lot of people who come from middle and upper middle class backgrounds, but not from lower income, you know, working class backgrounds. And, and you know, one thing I'll, I'll be, I'm, I'm being real. This is actually a real concern of mine. I, I, I kind of stress about it a little bit, but I'm, I'm pushing forward. You know, I, I am open to a lot of different kinds of positions in advertising. I'm looking at creative. That's something I'm kind of working towards because creative makes a lot of money. I, like, as you can tell, I'm from a working class background. I'm thinking yeah. about money. Yeah. Like, w- creative makes a lot of money. And I'm like, all right, let me look at creative. Let me see if I can work in that kind of field, you know. But a lot of the commercials written for auto consumers, think about it. That's for middle class, upper middle class people, people who can afford to buy a car every five or six years, right? Mm -hmm. And the kind of commercials that they produce, you know, I mean, I've seen the commercials, I've read the commercials. There's stuff that I don't relate to because that's not the lifestyle I live, you know? And I I have a genuine concern in my mind. Like, how can I want to be a creative if I don't even know the lifestyle that people who buy cars live? Like, I I don't know that lifestyle, you know? Um, My my paycheck goes towards bills and rent every week, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, so, you know, that's, that's, that's a part of diversity too. The fact that there's not a lot of people who come from lower class backgrounds that are in this industry. And I think that having those people in the industry will benefit the industry also mm-hmm. to have diverse ideas, not just, not just what we talked about when it comes to race, because that's also missing, you know? Yeah. Race is also definitely missing, um, but also class, class you yeah. know? It's missing in, in the industry. Definitely, definitely. Um, you, this subject, you particularly got, I can tell you're passionate about yeah. it. Um, and same with me just as an outsider looking in and just trying to navigate my future and thinking like, is this going to be a ceiling for me? Like, is like how hard is this going to be for me? And I'm just curious, have you thought about um, ways to, ways that an agency or a private company or the, the industry in general can improve on this? Or how can they reach people 
um, of, of more diverse backgrounds? Is it, is it like mm -hmm. an HR thing? Is it a recruiting thing? Is it before that? Is it education? Like, have you, have you thought about that? If you don't yeah. have an answer for that, no, no, I do, cool. I do. One thing is this, right off the bat. A lot of these agencies, they put on these, like, recruiting uh, booths and stuff like that at, like, Loyola Marymount, UCLA, USC. And I'm just like, come on down to Carson. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, there's a lot of smaller schools with diverse student bodies um, that they do not reach out to, that they don't go to the... Because they're not big, fancy schools that's that's kind of part of it that's kind yeah. of making the, their presence felt in places like that um until they do that you know it it i mean i'll say this i like like there's another thing that definitely i i feel it but at the same time it, it, it doesn't it doesn't definitely it doesn't wound me as much as the whole like class thing you know like like you know being like somebody from a, a lower class background among all these like middle class people but but definitely you got all these people I work with, dude. People who I'm like, all right, man, I'm on, I'm on top of this game way more than you are, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and there's, I mean, by the way, I mean, there's a lot of very smart people here at CSUDH. I mean, any one of them can go to, like, top schools in this country, you know, easily. But this is where we're go we went to school. That, that's, all, that's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. But definitely when I'm surrounded by people who are like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I went to USC. I went to, you know, Pe Pepperdine. Like, I'm just like, okay, cool, <laughs> you know? Um, I, that, it doesn't wound me, but I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, definitely. I, I sometimes feel like I don't belong here, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but part of the reason that they are here at that company, you have to understand, is they were reached out to. They were recruited, yeah. right? They were being courted. Mm -hmm. uh, that same thing is not, you're not seeing as many, like, CSU students at some of these schools because they're not being courted. So that's that's part of it. Yeah. Until that happens, it comes to us and and what that means is I would like students to know how to get into the industry because once you figure it out, you're like I can get in. Like like anybody at this school uh, at any of these, you know, schools who wants to get into advertising can do it if you know the strategy again, which I'm going to get into, you know, whenever it comes let's up. Go, let's go right into it. Let's okay, go. so here's, up, here's so. the thing. So, yeah, no, we're going over. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, no, man. it's all good. This it's, is good. It's important. <laughs> so I mentioned, right, I mean, advert, like what people know about advertising is agency and client, right? Mm -hmm. That's just a quarter. The size of the earth, the size of advertising is the earth. So there's a lot of other companies that are part of the process of advertising. You know, you've got publishers, right? You've got the actual networks that put on commercials. You got Facebook, and you've got all these different websites like Car Gurus or um, you know I don't know Vox. You know you got all these different websites, uh, CNN, right? CNET. Uh, you've also got third-party companies that support um, advertisers. So you've got media hosting companies that host commercials and videos. You've got companies that solely just host banner ads. They just hold that content. <clears throat> you've got companies that focus on data just completely. They just house data. They collect and store data. They make sure the data is available to use to target um, you know, different consumers, right? Here's a big one, and this is, this is the advice I gave to another student. I think I gave it to you guys, right? The magic word is programmatic. Um, media and advertising is changing. Mm -hmm. It used to be traditional media where you go and actually no let me rephrase that traditional media is broadcast and newspaper right the new traditional media is like you go to a publisher and you buy 
space on ESPN.com. I want a banner on ESPN. I want to buy, you know, space. That's how you hit up, like, wide audiences. But that's not, definitely I'll say this. Right now, 80% of digital media advertising is traditional. 20% is what's called programmatic, which I'll get into. But in the next five years, it'll be reversed. 80% of digital media advertising will be programmatic. And maybe 20% or less is digital media. Is, is traditional digital media. Okay. The reason why is this. Programmatic means that we are no longer targeting, we're no longer just putting a banner on a website. We are targeting specific people. We're looking for audiences of young men, 25 to 35 years old, who are interested in outdoor activities. And based on your cookies, based on the websites you go to, based on data partners who have information on these people, we are able to target the specific person. Mm-hmm. That's what programmatic is. The way, the way these um, programmatic works is just to give you an idea is that when you go to one of these programmatic companies, you say, okay, I want to buy 10,000 impressions of this specific audience, right? They say, okay, so you pay them up for 10,000 impressions. That's what you want. When Let's say you are that person that they're looking for. When you go to a specific website that that programmatic company manages, and they're like, oh, this person fits in that category. There might be a bunch of other companies, not just us at Toyota. There might be like some fishing rod company, some like workout company or something that are also targeting young men in that same, that same audience. What happens is in microseconds, as you're loading up that website, in those microseconds, all these computers start bidding on you, mm. the consumer. Whoever bids the highest gets to put that ad in front of your eyes. Everybody else doesn't get it, right? Right. So, so you're paying just to get that person's eyes on your content. But the idea is, well, let's say we're losing. We keep losing out on these bids. Somebody else is winning. Let's say the campaign's going to be over in one month. We, we go to that programmatic company. Hey, you promised us 10,000 impressions. We're, so far, we're not, we're not going to meet that threshold by the end of the campaign. So the programmatic company has to change the level so we win some more bids so we can meet their levels. They have to manage who's winning the bids sometimes to make sure that they make their deals, right? Because they promised all these different companies, oh, 10,000 for you, 10,000 for you. So they have to balance that. That's programmatic. It's basically computers bidding for you, targeting specific audiences. And you can imagine that is huge because no longer are we just throwing up ads on websites. Now we can get the exact person we want, right? The reason why that is important, why I'm mentioning it, there's programmatic companies who work on this side, right, selling these packages of 10,000 impressions or whatever to these advertisers. Mm-hmm. It used to be back in the day, if you want to get a job as a um, you know, media planner or an assistant media planner, get a job at a small agency doing media planning work, and then you apply for a big company like Saatchi or Archie, RPA doing media planning. Mm. That's not it anymore. Now, if you really want to get a media planning job, is... I, there's, there's literally a guy who he had a job, entry-level um, programmatic job at a, at a programmatic company we work with. No media planning experience. He applied for a media planning job. He got it. You know why? Mm, why? Because if you understand programmatic, you could, like, if you know how to sell programmatic packages, you can help us buy them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and the future is programmatic. So we want people who understand programmatic. Like, that's one of the things a lot of people... Like, students don't know. Like, they're just thinking, oh, yeah, I want to be a media planning. Let me get a media planning job. No. 
If you want to be a media planner in four years, why don't you do a programmatic job for two years? Entry level, just start out after college. I mean, those jobs are available. Like, they're not like crazy competitive, right? A lot of people don't even know about them. Do that job for two years, you'll be very competitive compared to somebody doing just entry level media planning work at a small agency. And there's a lot of other companies like that. Um, there's, There's like data marketing companies, um, and there's there's just so many different companies that are part of advertising that you don't know that a lot of people don't know about because they just think about client and they think about agency, and those are those are a part of advertising. And, and I, mean, I, I told you I'll get back to why is it that media has such high turnover? Mm-hmm. It's this. Once you work two years in media and agency, you realize one fundamental thing. What's that? I can I can make a lot more money working at a programmatic company, working at a publisher, working at one of those companies than I can doing this job. Actually, I mentioned to you, ad operations agency side is small. Maybe two or three companies in Southern California have in-house ad operations. But I didn't say ad operations is like a, a dead industry. Ad operations is a growing industry, but it's not growing agency. It's growing publisher because when we send those tags out, there's another ad operations team on the publisher's side, yeah. accepting the tags, setting up the campaign on their side to run, right? Wow. That's growing, and they make, definitely, they get paid way more than I do. So that's why media has high turnover and why it's easier to get those jobs. People are jumping ship, going to the publisher, going to other places. And that's the funniest thing. I always think it's funny, though, that the students are trying to get into agency, like media planning, media jobs, only to realize a year later, oh, I can make more money doing this other thing. Yeah. If you knew that to begin with, you can probably just apply directly at that company. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, it makes perfect sense. It, it's, it's a, a much larger field than people realize. Yeah. And I think one of the things I've talked to Russo about is our goal as alumni. You know, Are you graduating soon? I graduate um, after the fall semester, so in okay. December. So you'll be an alumni soon. Like Our goal as alumni should be to educate the current students about what the actual reality of the industry is and how to bridge that gap. Because if all of them try to get agency, agency jobs, they might not get it. But if they try to go for those other jobs, they'll get in and they'll be able to fill the industry with more people who have diverse backgrounds, you know? Perfect. That's actually yeah. the exact um, reason I started this podcast. The exact reason. You just worded it perfectly. And I think that's, that's a great place to, to actually end the interview. Um, I just have one more question. Yep. What's the best way people can reach out to you if they want to interview you or just get some advice, um, maybe have you speak? What's the best way people can reach you? Just find me on LinkedIn, you know, um, like Danushka Kumar Singh. My name's hard to spell, but, but I don't know. <laughs> I'll, how I'll write it in the yeah, show you'll, notes. You'll I'll write it into the show, show notes. notes. Yeah, or you just, can spell it now if you, if you uh, wish. Sh- uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's D-H-A-N-U-S-H-K-A-K-U-M. A-R-A-S-I-N-G-H-E. So just search that in like LinkedIn. Um, you can even just put firstname.lastname at sachi.com. You can email me. Um, I'm, I'm definitely the type of person where I'm, I'm willing to offer advice and stuff like that to any alumni, any students. I mean, I'll, I'll be upfront that I, I don't that much like to like pass resumes around because what I've, I've learned is very important. Your, your word is important, right? Your referral is a representation of you. Um, and, and I definitely want to pass along people who I'm like, all right, this, this person's a good fit. 
Uh, I've been burned before in the past, so I, I just try to be careful now, you know, try to build my, my brand. Um, but um, definitely if I get to know you and I feel like, all right, this is going to work, I, you know, I, I can pass your resume along. But definitely um, I don't do that that much. But what I, what I do definitely do is I give advice to people. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hands-on person. If you tell me I really want to get this job, I will work with you. I'll work on your, like, if you want to get resume advice, I'll give you resume advice. Um, I'm willing to, I mean, like, I, I love CSUDH and I want to help the students. So I, I do whatever I can to help out, you know? Perfect. Yeah. Okay, before we go, if you had um, to give a student, if you had a student in front of you right now and you had one quick piece of advice to give them, what would it be? Man, everything I said in the last hour. Uh, no. Just tell them to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to listen to academics. No, um, I would say that you know just focus on learning as much as you can about the industry because the more you know, the more doors you'll see to get into the industry. And also, don't be set on doing what you thought you want to do because it's probably going to change once you learn more about you know, what the industry actually is. Yeah. Perfect. Sweet. Um, Noosh, thank you so much for sitting yeah. down with me. I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. Man, yeah. this was a lot of great advice. Um, I look forward to keeping in touch with you, maybe yeah, doing this again in the future. Um, you're a very smart person. Um, I think you're going to go far in this industry, so I'm excited thank to just you. Watch, watch you grow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, same, same to you. This is a great idea. I love this idea for the podcast. I think you're really, before you even graduate, you're already giving a lot to students here. And I think that's, you should continue doing this because, um, I mean, I mean, actually, this can help you get eyes on your resume because this shows your passion for the industry, you know? Yeah, so definitely. keep it up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Definitely. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to keep up with us outside of these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at academics, A-D-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-S. And you can follow me personally. My handle on all social platforms is at Justin D. Barnett. You can also email academicspodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Thank you. Class dismissed.